dear friends, mentions over and over again in that video that we wait, wait for his first coming, wait for his second coming. And the series that Pastor Shower chose has served us well these four weeks, waiting with faith in the fact that he's a son of God, waiting with hope because we know we have all the power and love of God available in our lives, waiting with thanksgiving as we wait. We do not sit and complain about all the things that are wrong. We go beyond that. We lift our eyes to the hills, and with thanksgiving, we rejoice that this Lord and Savior has been born, is in our lives, and on this earth, abundant life through him, an everlasting life when God calls us home. This today is the last of the series, waiting upon the Lord with gratitude, waiting upon the Lord with gratitude. I'm using as a text Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 17. When the shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, and when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard the word of the shepherd were amazed at what the shepherds were saying to them. And then we leave the shepherds for a moment and we go to the Virgin Mary, The Virgin Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her hearts. And then we go back to the shepherds. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Light bulb went off in my head this past week as I'm looking at that verse. I'm saying to myself, where else did I hear those words? Where else did I hear the words, they glorified God and they gave thanks to him? Where else did I hear the words? I heard them at Thanksgiving time as we were talking about the ten lepers who had been cleansed. And one returns, and those are the exact uh, terminology that's used. The one leopard returns glorifying God. He returns glorifying God. As he's walking back to Jesus, he's glorifying God. And then when he comes to Jesus, falls down at Jesus' feet, and he thanks him. Glorifying, praising, thanksgiving, they all fit together. Like a hand in a glove, they all fit together. When you glorify God, when you praise God, what are you doing? You are giving him thanks. When you praise some individual for doing something kindly in your life, what are you doing? You're giving them thanks. And when you're giving them thanks, what are you doing? You are praising them. These shepherds listen to the word of the angels. These shepherds go and see what the angels have talked about. The light bulb goes off in their head. The angels said this, we have seen it with our own eyes. We are going back now and we are going to declare what we have heard and seen. Waiting with Gratitude. What is the first words that the angels said to the shepherds? They said, fear not. Why did they say fear not? Because the shepherds were so terrified. The shepherds were so terrified. It could have been the case they wouldn't have heard anything the angels said. They were just overcome with fear. Fear not. Why did the angels say to the Virgin Mary, fear not? 
Because an angel standing in front of her with this incredible news. And the angel realizes that if she is overcome with fear, she won't hear a single word that he says. There are so many people that woke up this morning and they said, do I go to church or don't I? And their minds were so clouded with fear over all the chaos of the last couple of weeks, let alone the last couple of years. They just stayed in their beds. What does he say to us 365 times? Fear not, because if fear has overwhelmed you, then you will not hear my voice at all. You will not hear my promises at all. Wait with the Lord with gratitude, because he's got this thing. He's got this thing. He's got this thing. Her name was Hetty Green. (laughs) She was known as the Witch of Wall Street. Not because she was an evil person, but because in the late 1800s, early 1900s, she had learned to play the stock market like no one's business. It was oil and it was railroads and it was coal mines. And she knew how to do it. At age 15, she was doing the books for her for her dad, who was already a millionaire. When Hetty Green died in 1916, she was worth $1 billion in that day's money. She was the wealthiest woman on planet Earth. Her wealth today would be $20 billion. Hetty Green has a distinction in the Guinness Book of World Records, not as the richest woman in the world, But her distinction in the Guinness Book of World Records is the most miserly person who ever lived. She was worth $1 billion, and yet she wouldn't heat up her oatmeal in the morning because she didn't want to pay that bill. And when her son was in a bicycle accident and his leg was fractured, she didn't want to pay the money to the doctor. The boy had to have his leg amputated. It got so infected. When she died, she's worth $1 billion. She was unbelievably rich, but she didn't realize it. She was unbelievably rich, but if you saw her, and if you saw the clothes that she wore in the place where she lived, you would say, she's dirt poor. What can we do to help her? You scratch your head, and you say, how could someone be so ill they did not realize what they had? With all of that money, she could have built hospitals and schools and universities all over the country. She could have helped people all over the world. The philanthropy, let alone what she could have done for herself and her family, she didn't grasp because she was ill. She didn't grasp what she had. And a Christian wakes up this morning... and they are so inundated with the chaos... They are so inundated with the chaos. The finances, the politics, the virus, they are so inundated with the chaos that with all good intention they were going to get up today and they were going to meander into the church somewhere in this country. And they just laid back down and shook their head and said, What's the use? Does Paul Strand realize what he has? When chaos 
that he tries to keep out of his life ends up entering his life. Does Paul stand understand what he has? Do you understand what you have? There's a little uh, magnet on, on my refrigerator. I've told you about it before. A little magnet, and on the magnet it says, I've got everything covered today. I won't need your help. Thank you very much. I love you. And I should look at that every single day. It's why in the Bible it says 365 times, do not be afraid on Monday, do not be afraid on Tuesday, do not be afraid on Wednesday, do not be afraid on Thursday, do not be afraid on January 1st, do not be afraid on January 2nd. I don't want to prolong the uh, sermon, so I'll just stop there. Don't be afraid. Do you know who you have with you? The one who says, I know what's going on in your life. I'll take care of it. I don't need your help. I don't need your help with fear or worry. I don't need your help with, I think I'm going to do this. I've got this. And if he tells you anything, he tells you, stop. Stop. I got this relationship problem. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. If I write this letter, if I send this email, if I make this phone call, if I talk to her friends and convince... Stop. I've got this health issue. I think I'll go to this hospital, this doctor. I better do this test today. Stop. Just stop. If he tells us anything, he says, be still. Psalm 27. I am confident of this. I'll behold the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait upon the Lord with great courage. Wait upon the Lord. Stop. I've got this. In this world, there'll always be storms. But stop. Take heart. I've got this. Isaiah 43, the fire, the flood, and the storm. Talked about last week. Stop. Don't look at the fire. Look at me who's walking with you in the fire. Don't look at the storm. Look at me who's walking with you in the storm. Stop. Apostle Paul three times asked God to get rid of this thing that is causing chaos in my life. And he says, stop. When the chaos is going on, I'm there. Why do you see the chaos? Why do you see the thorn in the flesh? Why do you see the affliction? Why don't you see me? And all of God's people say, amen. She was worth one billion dollars. And she had no clue. We have one billion dollars worth of the promises of the power, the love, the wisdom of God in our lives. And I don't think we realize it like we should because we fall into the same trap virtually every single day. Great sermon, Pastor, needed it. Great sermon, Paul Strand, that you wrote for yourself. (laughs) And check me out tomorrow. And I'll check you out tomorrow. Where will we be? I know the circumstance going on in your life. I don't need your help. Thank you very much. I've already taken care of it. 
His name was Zechariah. His name was Zechariah. The gospel is Zechariah's song. We got Miriam singing a song after the Israelites have crossed to the Red Sea. We got the Virgin Mary singing the Magnificat when the angel Gabriel delivers the news. And when that same angel Gabriel goes to Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, Zechariah decides he's going to write a song. And that's what you just heard read. Zechariah, he had been praying to God for decades that he could have a son. He and his wife could not have any children, but he never stopped praying. And when the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah and says, God has heard your prayer, you are going to have a child. What does Zechariah do? He says, what? How shall this happen? This cannot happen. I've been praying for it every single day, and now that uh, God says it's going to happen, Zechariah says, this can't happen. It's not possible. I'm an old man, and, and my wife's an old lady, and it just can't happen. And because he didn't believe what he had prayed for, then, you know, he loses his speech for a while. Do you and I do that? Do we pray for something, and then God delivers us, and we say, oh my goodness, okay. And if he does that, then the next week we got something else on our list that we're worried about. He's delivered us in the past. He delivers us now. And whatever the future brings, he'll deliver us then. She had a billion dollars. And she wouldn't heat up her oatmeal. You thought your husband was miserly. He better than that. You and I have him. Who creates this universe out of nothing. Reading the Advent devotions this week. Three-fourths of this planet is covered with water. In the devotion I read this week, in the Advent devotional, he's got all the waters in the palm of his hands. And the earth itself fits into the width of his finger and his thumb. That's the God we have. And you're worried sick about this, that, or the other. I've got this. James 1, 6, if you have doubts when you pray, you are like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. God cannot hear or answer your prayer because of your unbelief. When the baby is finally born, Zechariah says, whoops, I guess God has the power when the baby's born. And when that baby's born, then we have the song of Zechariah. And here's where he heads. Seeing this blessing from God, he goes back. He says, God has always delivered his people. The Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Egyptian Empire, God has always delivered his people. He has always 
forgiven their sins and delivered them. When he sees the miracle, then he goes back and says, Yeah, God has always been this way. Why did I forget? And then he said, God shall be that way in the future. This child born shall have one purpose on this earth. As the video said, he will prepare the way for the Lord. How do you prepare the way for the Lord? You look at your life. You sit and say, this is wrong, the sins of thought, word, and deed. These do not allow me to be in the presence of God. These must be taken care of. 2 Corinthians 5.10 is a very scary verse. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the due rewards of the flesh that we have done, be they good or bad. And that verse just uh, scares the dickens out of any one of us. Dwight L. Moody, his famous comment, uh, Dwight L. Moody, who reached tens of thousands of people, he had a recurring dream, uh, and he would wake up in a cold sweat. In his dream, he was uh, there in heaven, and all the saints were gathered around, and they all came up to him and said, Dwight L. Moody, I'm in heaven because of one of your sermons. And then Dwight L. Moody, in this dream, he sees an angel coming from behind the throne of God. He's thinking about 2 Corinthians 5.10. And that angel picks up a list of all the sins that Dwight L. Moody committed. And he breaks out in a cold sweat because this angel is going to read every sin he committed. And these tens of thousands of people are going to hear what Dwight L. Moody really was like. And whenever he woke up in a cold sweat... Then he would remind himself, he'd write it down on paper, he'd open up the Bible. He would remind himself that every one of those sins had been blotted out. Jesus came from the right hand of God and he took the list of sins and he tore it apart, trampled it, threw it into the depths of the sea. He's a God of great forgiveness. George came up to me this past week in the gym. George said, I'm trying to read the Bible through, Pastor. And he said, I'm in the Old Testament. And he said, that's a nasty God in the Old Testament. That's a nasty God. I said, you got your cell phone? He said, yeah. I said, plug in Micah 7.18. So he plugs in Micah 7.18. I said, George, I know we're in the gym. Let's go into the corner. Can you read it for me? And he read it. And it says this. God does not delight in anger. He delights in showing mercy and forgiveness. He tramples our sin under his feet, casts it into the depths of the sea. I said, George, that's Micah. Is that Old or New Testament? He said, I don't know, Pastor. I said, well, Old Testament. That's the God of the Old Testament. Then I had him go to Psalm 23, and he read Psalm 23. I said, does that sound like an angry God? Or does it sound like a God who's with us calming the waters, pouring oil over our head, all the days of our life blessing us? 
I think by the end of that 10-minute discussion, George saw a different God. 2 Corinthians 5.10, appearing before the judgment seat of Christ. Five verses later, listen carefully, five verses later, 2 Corinthians 5.15, Christ died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the Christ who paid the penalty for their sin and has now cleansed them, sent them forth. And to drive home the fact even stronger, two verses later, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. I've been telling you for 40 years that what that verse means is your old way of looking at life changes. Life is not about you anymore. It's about him and serving others. I've told you that for the 34 years I've been here. I forgot to tell you what else it means. The old has passed away. It means your sins have been removed. Your sin, Simon Peter, has been removed. Feed my sheep. Your sin, Samson, has been removed. Take down the temple. Your sin, Jonah, has been removed. Go and preach to the Ninevites. Your sin, Paul, shall have been removed. Go and serve the kingdom. The old has passed away, new has come. I don't know if I'll share this at 9.30 because it's going to be live streamed. My granddaughter, Cece, she says to me the other day, Papa, I just took a shower. I don't like taking showers, Papa. But I will say that when I take the shower, I feel so much better. My hair is clean, my armpits don't stink, and I'm ready to go. Quoting the granddaughter. When you're forgiven by your mom or dad, how do you feel? When you're forgiven by your spouse, how do you feel? When you're forgiven by your next-door neighbor, how do you feel? When you're forgiven by God, how do you feel? John the Baptist repents because when you repent, that shed blood of Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He's declaring him. Behold the Lamb, as the angels declare unto you, is born this day in the city of David. Thirty years later, John the Baptist is declaring him. He's calling him out. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Take the shower. Take the shower, not once a week or once a month. Take the shower every day. Because as Luther said, daily I sin much. Take the shower every day. Lord, forgive me. Let me wake up this morning not filled with chaos, not filled with fear, not filled with shame. Take the shower. You have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. This is a new day. Go forth. Wait with gratitude because you are worth a billion dollars. That's who you have. Use him. 
in our Savior's name. Amen. I'm going to get you to rise for a moment. Lord, we stretch the bones. We've been sitting for a bit. We stretch the bones. And as we sit in this sanctuary and leave this place, we need to stretch our bones. We need to take what the songs have taught us, the lessons have taught us, the sacrament has taught us, a message from your word has taught us. We need to take it out with us. And I pray that 24 hours from now, Paul Strand will remember what he preached. And I pray that 24 hours from now, people who listen will remember what was said. We have all this wealth and power available to us. Don't be afraid. I am with you. I don't need your help. Just wait upon me and my promises. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.